You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPD teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of March 28th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Sunday night of opening weekend is Jim Allen. How you doing, bud? I'm doing very well. Fine, thank you. And yourself? Allergies. <laughs> Allergies. <laughs> but but I'm great... fine. I just sound like I have a cold. I okay. do not have a cold. <laughs> well, I got allergies too, but I'm well medicated. So let's rock and roll. <laughs> I know. Isn't that great? I can't take the medicine. It makes me dizzy. All these antihistamines, all of them. Oh my. I get yeah. drowsy. I need, I need, I, I kind of have to double my, my caffeine ration every day. I wish there were something I could double. <laughs> I wish there was something I could single. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you, here you are, hitless. Hashtag high <laughs> heat. <laughs> no, man, I'm always going downtown. <laughs> okay. okay. And by the way, by the way, I'm going to have to change my name to Chop Liver. <laughs> and the reason is because this guy at baseball brit on twitter completely left me off of his list of recommended follows on twitter and ah. not, not that my pride gets in the way of things you know but i do have some and ouch man that hurt ouch. yeah so so jason's a lovely chap and my newsletter is smashing and john is ellipses who's who's <laughs> that guy <laughs> That's 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 cold. <laughs> yeah, at least he had the PL English site on the YouTube, but there's no reference to my being the the author behind those little descriptions. So uh, I don't know if I should take that <laughs> and run with it, or just <laughs> like I show like I did with the meme and just curl up in a bed and cry. <laughs> <laughs> but oh well, <laughs> such is life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to take our slights and run with them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On this week's show, we're going to be running with a chat with Brandon Laird of the Lotte Marines, and we're going to talk about games, games and more games, and then handle some high heat. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. <laughs> All right. Before we get started, one little note, and that's about the showman. Uh, Shohei Otani really has been a game changer in the show. And in this case, it's in the form of a rule change that when it's okayed and ratified, it is going to allow the starting pitcher to stay in and, and bat, even if they come out of the game as a pitcher. So it's I think it's a seminal moment for baseball because he practically did it on his own. And it's not like he's the only guy out there who might be a two-way player. But he's the only guy who has made such an impact um, with the five seasons that he has played in the in the major league. It's five now, right? 2004. All right. So the, the four seasons that he has already played entering his fifth season now. But he really has been the biggest impact guy doing it. Obviously, the comparisons to Babe Ruth, they had to go way back into the <laughs> into the before time <laughs> to dig up the records. So uh, it's just amazing. And, and uh, now other players, I believe, have an opportunity or have a path to increased opportunity to do both, I think, if that's going to be the case. So uh, the showman doing it up. Yeah, it's essentially uh, uh, applying the rule that they made up for last year's All-Star game. 
right that he could pitch and then bat as long as he wanted as a dh and they wouldn't have to make the other pitchers bat right right although i think the way the the story that i saw maybe one day we'll get into it i i think there's a way that managers will be able to manipulate this rule uh but it, it's convoluted and and all kinds of guessing and all those things but i think there's a way so maybe one day we'll talk about that but let's get on with the show <laughs> not the show but the show <laughs> uh so a friend of jbw Brandon Laird is the guest this week, and uh, he's a veteran in his eighth season. We spoke on Thursday on the phone. He was in his hotel room in Sendai, and basically he went to practice. They got in the bus, the team, I guess the position players at least, got in the bus, went back to the hotel, and we talked. So it was almost like I was at the park because we normally have to wait for position players to finish doing their practice and hitting and then we get a chance to talk to him. I just had to wait a little extra time, uh, a little bus ride time. <laughs> and then we spoke by phone. And Brandon is uh, still, I believe, two home runs shy of 200 in NPV. So he has that milestone coming up here. He has 500 and I think almost 50, home, uh, 50 RBIs. Maybe he might be one shy at the moment because I didn't update this after the three, the three supposed three, it was supposed to be a three game series in Sendai. They only ended up playing two because Saturday's game was washed away by the rain. But I know he had an RBI in the first game, so 549 RBIs in, in MPB. So he's within reach of 600 this season if he can stay healthy and, and be productive. And he uh, started out with the fighters, if you guys remember long ago, um, won a home run title and in 2016 and then he joined lote in 2019 and he's a two-time best nine selection and he has appeared on jbw every year since he has been in npb and we're thrilled to have him this week so let's take a listen to brandon laird all right joining us this week on the show the first player guest of the season is brandon laird of the lote marines how are you buddy good to talk to you again thank you so much i'm good i'm, I'm good thanks for having me that's good always good to be on here with you guys oh it's always great to have you so look this year has been different from the past two seasons in in getting ready we we were used to the covid situation and a lot of the guys are here so how has the preparation been uh this spring heading into the into the regular season um i mean it's been good i mean unfortunately you know i actually i ended up coming later this year the team let me come uh I got here February 20th, actually, the latest I've ever been in eight years in Japan. But, um, you know, I feel like I just jumped right in where I need to be, and um, preparation's always the same. And, um, you know, I feel like we, as a team, have had a good spring. And, um, like you said, we have all our guys here. We're not waiting on anybody. So, you know, we got to build, build in chemistry early, and, you know, we're excited for tomorrow. Now, how close have things been to a normal situation? I know it's not normal. Still, we have COVID and everything, but how close has it been? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's, I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I feel like it's, uh, like you said, a lot better than the last two years. Um, you know, we're still dealing with this thing, but, um, you know, it's nice that you know, they're allowing stadiums at full capacity. We look forward to playing in front of full stadiums and, you know, the fans, so that's going to be fun. What about limitations on what you can do under COVID, uh, like going out and all that stuff? How's that? Has that changed very much? Yeah, um, you know, the last couple of years was, uh, you know, family weren't allowed to come on the road, and weren't really allowed to go out to eat, only take out, and you know that changed uh, because of the emergency going away. So, you know, it's also nice that 
you know, you're able to get outside of the hotel and go get a nice, you know, bite to eat and, you know, hang out with the family and have your families come on your road trip. I feel like that's important for guys. And, you know, it's nice that we're going to be able to do that this year. All right. So you said this is the latest you've ever gotten here in Japan for a season. So how ready are you for opening day? Has it snuck up on you? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I feel like I've been here long enough and I know, you know, I know what to do to get ready for the season. And you know, I do, I do my training in Arizona while I'm home and, um, you know, I, I do enough to where, you know, when I get to Japan, I, I'm, I'm going to see the live pitching that I need to see. And, um, getting here February 20th, uh, was nice, but, you know, it also, I also knew I had enough time, you know, it started March 26th, 25th. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, I feel like I'm right where I need to be. You know, my swing feels good, body feels great, and I'm ready for tomorrow. All right. So how do you look at your team slash teammates during the preseason? Um, I feel like by what I've seen this year is, uh, you know, we're, go- we're going with a lot of young guys. Um you know, we have some young talent, you know, uh, obviously Sasaki Roki and, um, Yamaguchi, you know, is a, you know, big hitter with, you know, a lot of power and, um, you know, some other guys in the outfield. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. We have a lot of speed and, you know, we got power and, um, you know, we definitely have some pitching. So, uh, I feel like we're going to have a good season this year. I do too. Um, how much can you learn about these young players in the, you know, in the, I guess there are a lot of young players. You got some second year guys and some rookies, but how much do you learn about them in the preseason? Um, I mean, I, I just, I feel like you can learn, you know, quite a bit. You know, I just watch them play and, you know, like you said, a few guys I've, I've played with them for, for a couple of years, um, you know, like Yamaguchi and, you know, I've seen him progress the last couple of years and, you know, also, uh, like this year, we got a, you know, a rookie catcher out of high school and, you know, he's got a good bat. So, um, but, uh, I mean, I actually really like how he carries himself. You know, he doesn't play like a high school kid. He's got confidence and, yeah. you know, uh, he, yeah, I feel like he, you know, he's, you know, right where he needs to be. And, you know, it's also, it's all, it's always good to see a kid come like that. So young, you know, they can be nervous and stuff like that, but he doesn't show that. And, you know, I feel like it's a good sign. Yeah, I heard the announcers talking about him, and they're impressed with him, too, so some of the guys. So um, what about your swing? Now, you said you think your swing's in a good place. How does it usually evolve in the in the preseason, in the spring? Um, I feel like it's just it's just getting con- consistent, uh, you know, uh, live at-bats. You know, it's something I don't do or I don't get when I'm in Arizona. I mean, I probably could, but I just choose not to. Uh, I just wait until I get to Japan. Sure. Um, so just, just, you know, just daily, you know, it's constantly getting, you know, two or three at bats, you know, during the spring training, you know, that's when I find, that's when I just supply my timing, my, you know, contact point and everything like that. And, you know, I've been doing it for quite a while now. So I, you know, I don't know what the, you know, uh, what I need to do to, you know, make sure my timing and, you know, my swing's ready for opening day. Okay. Now, you know me, we've talked every year since you've been here. I don't I don't usually like to talk about the previous season because it doesn't really impact what's going on going forward. But you guys really climbed the mountain last year and, and you saw the league title kind of slip away late and came up short in the playoffs and now you start over. So what's the mindset? Because this team is a contender again this year. Um, I think the mindset is just, uh, you know, just, we look kind of look at you know what 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 we could have did from last year you know and just try to correct those mistakes. Um, I mean, obviously you're going to need some luck involved and you know win some close ball games, but um, you know I feel like we got the same 
same team back and um you know i feel like we're going to be using sasaki roki a lot more this year and uh hopefully we can get you know taichi back here soon you know who's another young great pitcher for us mm-hmm. you know can help the staff um you know we made a good sign for the you know late in bullpen uh uh with Tyler Ty guerrero you know it goes hard and um you know, I feel like our lineup's just going to be, you know, pretty solid. We have speed up front. We have power in the middle. And I feel like we're a good, just all-around, you know, team. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens this year. I am too. And uh, just like last year, uh, I have you guys uh, <laughs> going to Pacific League title. Now, I-, I feel like you guys actually should have won the title. Just that there were some unfortunate things that happened and you ran out of time that last in the last week to make up for the difference. But I felt like you guys really won the yeah. title. So how do you approach the first part of the season? Because you guys did stumble out of the gate last year, just that first week. So how do you approach the, the first yeah. portion of the season? Um, I mean, by what I've seen in the spring training, I feel like, you know, we're going to be ready for the, you know, early this year. Um, so like we, you know, we're, everybody's healthy and knock on wood and, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're excited. Um, you know, like you said, uh, we got so close last year and I still think we have that, you know, mindset and, you know, uh, I feel like we're just going to just play our game like we always do, you know, and, uh, you know, I think good things are going to happen. Now, how much do you pay attention to the other teams in the Pacific League? Because, I, you know, we had our prediction show and we we're looking around at the Pacific League. And it, it's, it just seems like last year the top three teams kind of sifted out basically in the, in the first half of the season. And then it was a matter of where they were going to place. But it was crazy tough to try to pick, you know, the teams that are probably going to end up in the top three this season. So how much do you pay attention to the other PL teams when you're in the preseason? Uh, actually, I, I don't even pay attention at all, to be honest. <laughs> I knew you were going to say I'm that. I'm so focused. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, honestly, I mean, yeah, I'll see some highlights here and there, but, I mean, honestly, for in spring training, I feel like we play the other league a lot more. We don't even, we don't even play our league, you know? Sure. So, um, I mean, I see the highlights, and, you know, I, I know, what, you know what guys are where, and you know, what foreigners have signed with teams, but you know, I'm just focused on our team and, you know, that's the, just the mindset of just getting ready for opening day and worrying about us. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, if we just worry about us and take care of what we need to do, uh, you know, I feel like we're just as good as any team in the league and, um, you know, I feel like it's going to be a you know good competitive uh, league this year again. As as always, I, I know it's it's pretty close, and there, you know the razor thin differences between some of the teams will maybe make a difference. And, and of course, you got injuries and all that stuff. But all right, well, how about a couple of fun questions to finish it out? Um, you, we have a question actually, a question on the show about uniforms. So I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite Marines uniform? Because you guys have so many. Um, honestly, I love our uh, every year. I love our like summer summer uh, uniforms. Um, last year they were like black with teal. Like I really like those ones. Oh yes. Um, and then they, and then this year I believe they're like black with purple. So um, I feel like the, our summer uniforms are definitely our, our favorite. My favorite. All right. And then your nickname, Sushi Boy. Uh, I wanted. I was wondering <laughs> how often do you actually eat sushi? And my guess was every every game that you hit ho- a home run in, you eat some sushi after that. <laughs> um. Not every game, you know, but um, honestly, I, I eat it quite a bit. If, even if it's not at a restaurant, um, 
me and my wife will pick up like sashimi at the store and we'll make stuff at home, you know, <laughs> like a sushi bowl or something like that. But I mean, I eat it probably maybe, I think a couple of times a week at least. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> and it depends on what city I'm in. So if I go to Sapporo for three days on the road, I'm probably going to eat it two out of the three days or three out of the three days. Right. Yeah. Well, coming you from know. someone who's allergic to a lot of fish and doesn't, I don't even like fish. Um, I, I, I'm just in awe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, it depends on what, like I said, with the city, like, I mean, if yeah, every city is known for something, so like I'm in Sendai now, so I'll probably get you tongue tonight or something, you know? Okay. All right. Well, yeah, much appreciated. So. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Always love talking to you and hope we can talk to you again uh, before the season is out. So take care and good luck. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. All right. All right, Brandon. Thank you so much, Jim. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. It's good to hear your voice. Now, I, I really enjoyed, I always enjoy listening to, to Brandon talk and, and share his stuff. And I have to say, uh, eight years, and it's about time that we asked him about sushi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it hit me. I should, I always do these, not serious, serious, but I always ask such serious, you know, questions. I'm like, let's have a little fun. Brandon, you know, I've known him for a long time now, almost 10 years, so. Let's have a little fun. But yeah, I, that was one of the things I thought about because uh, when I was uh, writing, you know, I'm different from Jim. I, I prep most of my questions. And so when I sat down, uh, and I roll from Jim, when I sat down to <laughs> prep and uh, I prep most of my questions, but then I think of better ones as I go along. Ah, well, I think of some other ones too. I don't just read the script, but anyway. Uh, as I was uh, preparing these questions, I said, you know, I wrote at the top sushi boy and then it hit me. I should, I should probably ask him about that. So you're right. You're right. It's about time. <laughs> so I like that. And uh, yeah, talking about, uh, about talking about some of the play, I guess the thing that struck me other than, other than how often he eats uh, sushi, which is far more than I eat it. Well, it's far um, more than not, I thought. Yeah, twice. Yeah, a week. not that I don't like sushi. It's just that I'm, you know, I'm set in my ways. I, you know, I'm an old guy, so I'm set in my ways. I'm oh, my dad. I'm eating the same thing you and me six both. days a week. So, <laughs> and the the I guess the thing that struck me was how much like his timing this year was like that of an MLB player. In that, so. Yeah, so he came in. He came in uh, February twenty eighth, which is about eight days later than normal. But you know, he knows the drill. It's it's all it's so much like uh, players talk about their dream preseason, mm -hmm. except without the. Geez, I had to run all these. <laughs> I had to. I had to. You know, we ran a mile every day, and we had to do this and we had to do that. You know, the the usual drill. But it was right. just like, I came in, I got ready, I'm good. <laughs> now, you said eight days earlier than normal, but don't a lot of the former players come in on February 1st or even before? No, I mean, eight days, if you were in MLB camp, the position players usually show up about February 20th. Gotcha. Gotcha. You're, you're mixing me up, man. I'm mixing you, my met. No, you, you threw me a fastball and then you came with a changeup and then you threw another changeup. What are you doing? <laughs> um i'm trying to make you swing in this it was not intentional i just have a couple of quick points because we have a lot to to talk about on the show with the games but 
you know, he has been in Japan so long now. It seems like he's saying the Japanese names, the Japanese style, right? He would say Sasaki Roki, right? Mm. The, the, the last name first. And I'm like, you know, he's he's ready to get his, uh, to be taken off the foreign player uh, list and be added to the Japanese player list. But you have to wait until, what is it, nine years? The end of, yeah, the end of next year. The end of next season. So he, it's a little early for him. Hopefully he can, can be back next year and then get that uh, import label taken off and be treated like a Japanese player because he's already using the lingo. But I like how he broke down the team, talking about the speed and the power and the ability to uh, have, well, I mean, to play different kinds of games, it seems. If they need a power game, they can use, they can go to that. If they need to do, they need to use speed, they can go to that. Uh, he talked about players who weren't there, including Atsuki Taneichi, um, he talked about him and, and I like that guy. I think he's going to be uh, very productive or useful for them when he comes back, but they just got to get everybody healthy too, and keep everybody healthy. Um, that's in, obviously important for a lot of teams, but they have a lot of depth and we talked about that in the prediction special. And so I think they're going to be able to withstand some of the injuries, but they got to keep guys like, uh, him and Leonis Martin and, some of their, they have a, obviously we'll talk about it later, but a, a better, a deep catching crew, I think. Mm. Uh, so I don't, I'm not worried about that position per se. Love Shogo Nakamura. Yeah. Just great player. Uh, <laughs> yep. Great swing, great defensive player. Uh, just a tough out when when pitchers need to get him out and, and there's guys on base. So you, you definitely don't want to see him. So I, I really think they have a lot going for them, but got to keep these guys healthy. So that's part of it. And then I like what he said about the young catcher, Cole Matsukawa. And I'll, I will talk about young catchers uh, later in the show. But this kid, 18 years old, and everyone says, I heard the, the radio TV announcer saying the exact same thing. That Brandon said, and this guy, he's 18 years old still. He doesn't carry himself like a rookie teenager just out of high school. You know, once he gets better at at everything, I think they got a keeper. But I, I want to see more. I want to obviously we don't have the kind of sample size that you would need to really evaluate these guys. But I'm impressed that he's out there already. Uh, and and he it you know he didn't stand out. He, I saw a lot of wild pitches and guys not catching balls this weekend in the opening weekend, and he was not one of them. Mm. So I like that. And then you know I like what Brandon said about not paying much attention to the opposition during the preseason. I, I Claudio, I know you don't get a chance to listen to the show each week because you're busy with your own stuff. But man, I'm telling you, preseason doesn't do anything. And, that's that's another indicator for me when you have a player saying, man, you know, not only do we play the other league more, I don't even really watch the highlights. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously they get more film. They know what these players' strengths and weaknesses are anyway. They don't need to watch the highlights, but, mm -hmm. you know, you might take a peek here and there that you are going to be playing them 55,000 times in the season. So, uh, you might as well get a look, but they he doesn't care, and I, and I thought that that told me a lot. So uh, well, I do I, remember. I just say I, I I remember Brad Eldred telling me about one of the you know about sort of the same thing. He says normally you don't notice these guys playing, but when it was Shohei Otani and he's throwing a 
<laughs> he's throwing 150, you know, 100 miles an hour, 98 miles an hour, and he's 18 years old, and he kind of doesn't know where the strike zone is. You take notice, <laughs> if, if only to save your life. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you don't even know when to duck. <laughs> oh, yeah. He took a uh, awkward step there. That one's coming at my head. <laughs> Back. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank Brandon so much for taking the time. And mm -hmm. like I said, hopefully we can get a hold of him and, and get him on the show another time this year. We've got games and we might as well start in the Pacific League since we talked to Brandon and start with that Lotte Rakuten series. Uh, ended up being a two-game series, as I said earlier. The middle game was rained out. But uh, what stood out to you? about this series well great start from uh, ayumi shikawa and and uh takahiro norimoto wasn't bad he just i think he ran out of gas from what i saw yeah i wasn't that wasn't the a main focus of mine but Ishikawa impressed me you know the no walks and uh, you know just it's good because he's had these he seems like one of these pitchers who's sort of um sort of like he's when the season starts, that's how he is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember after the WBC, I think it was 2017 WBC, he was just had coming off this tremendous season. He was good in the WBC. And then he came back and he's like, he was just nothing was right for him the entire, you know, from the word go. I think he sort of got it back together at the end of the season. But it's nice to see him because we we saw him kind of put it together a little bit at the end of last season and he had some ups and downs, but it was nice to see that. Um, but that was, that was the thing that struck that uh, stuck out for me. Um, for me, I, I didn't expect the Eagles to score that much. Uh, and they scored more frequently and more a little bit. I don't want to say easily, but in ways that I didn't expect they came from behind today and, and one eleven inning game, one a walk off hit with the uh, one of Jim's favorite plays from the MPB managerial guidebook. Yeah, I know it's like <laughs> yeah, two outs and runner on second. Geez, let's not worry if we might catch the ball. Let's, we're, we're focused on we're our focus is solely on giving up hits. Hashtag <laughs> it's it's almost like we're prepared so for the worst. Well, no, that, well, that's the whole thing is they're they're planning to, for what to do when we give up a hit. Right. <laughs> because that's the plan. You bring the outfield in so they can keep the runner from second scoring on a single <laughs> into the outfield. But it it only works if you keep the ball from going over the outfielder's heads, you know, especially we had, we had, I, I understand that I, I saw two of them. I understand there were three this weekend. Yeah, there were a few. I, I yeah, enough, <laughs> enough in a different way. Enough. <laughs> Cause I think, what did you tweet enough already? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, now that, that one was the, that was the, Kazuki Tanaka and I, I heard a, a snippet of the hero interview when they said, what did you think when the ball, when the ball left the bat? Oh my God, I hope it gets over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know that's your favorite play, the drawn in outfield. Uh, you know, I, I think I said it before, the only time I would really do that is in, in the bottom of an inning 
whether it's the ninth inning or whatever, where a run's going to beat me. And uh, probably fewer than two outs. <laughs> there are two outs, I'm backing everybody up. If they get a hit, they get a hit. I mean, I might, I'm not backing them up to the fence, obviously, but no. uh, yeah, uh, playing them maybe a little bit shallower more shallow than than normal death but not too much i i, I don't want i don't want fly balls just dropping in out there so um and you don't want to lo- you don't want to give away the third out <laughs> well give away the third out yes <laughs> uh so yeah the eagles had six runs. they got shut out in the first game but they had six runs on 10 hits to uh today sun in sunday's game and, and that just i didn't expect them to you know get a lot of offense like that and yeah, mm-hmm. no, no imports in the in the lineup today. So that was kind of surprising that they put together all those hits uh, in that situation. But seesaw game too, and yeah, Tanaka gets. I mean, I I said he lofted a ball over the drawn in outfield, and <laughs> I don't know what, what medium deep, medium deep right center field. I, yeah, I mean, it would have definitely been an out, but I mean it. I, I don't I don't know. It just seemed like rookie skippers or grizzled, crusty old fart veteran skippers. They all do this. And and I just it's starting to really I I know it's grinding your gears, but it has already stuck a monkey wrench into my gears. And I just don't get it. And well, the, I, I, the I, one I, that I noticed, uh, you know, and I did the, the research study on it because NPB has that nice little on their website on their detailed game accounts. Uh-huh. It it has a record of whether the ball goes into the gap or down the line mm-hmm. or over the outfielder. Oh, okay. And so we have a record. I don't, I'm, the only thing I'm lacking is a record of how often managers bring in their outfield. I mean, they don't do it all the time. I would say it's probably around 80% of the time when there's a big uh, run on second base. Uh-huh. Uh, so I couldn't extract that, but I think I looked for, um, I looked for runners on second with two outs and in the seventh, eighth or ninth inning and the number of balls that go over outfield outfielders heads is about, it's about 40% more. (laughs) 40% people. So anyway, yeah, I don't remember. You'll have to check my blog. Uh, there's a, there's a post called, uh, shallow thinking. (laughs) nice nice all right yeah that's at jballallen.com so yeah check it out if you can so yeah um yeah so a split in that series what about the fighters and hawks what uh well i have some things to say about that i can't i cannot let you you, i can't let you you go first i cannot let you go first on this one so where do we start before before we even talk about the series did you see the the pro rock you news guys they had a special on thursday and they had predictions from a little more than 20 guys oh i missed it okay all of them obviously pro you know uh, ex-pro baseball players and Mm -hmm. i think it was 22 i tried to count i've been busy people i I apologize but i'm sure there were at least 20 and 20 of them had the fighters in last place now these are all former players obviously so i i think it was a reflection of all the antics of big boss Tsuyoshi shinjo and i'm trying to see through all that stuff and look at the baseball stuff focus on the field and see what the players are doing but it's like watching a performer on stage and they've got way too much makeup and the costume is overdone and you really can't even tell who it is anymore and they're not 
acting very well. <laughs> so there's just there's so much to sift through that you can't really sift through it and sit back and enjoy the show. It's becoming a distraction. And that's the way I felt about Big Boss. And I don't know how it, it, that I, I think it, I think that's what we're seeing is those guys don't like it very much at all. I'm trying to not be an old stick in the mud and not be an old fart because I don't like it either. But I do like having fun in baseball. And you know me at work. I, I like the joke. But there comes a time when you just have to get serious. And look, when it when it comes when the L's and the W's and there's more L's than W's, I become very unpleasant. Uh, whatever team I'm on, if we got more L's, I'm seething, I'm angry, I'm in a bad mood all the time, and I'm trying to figure out how to get better. And you don't want to be around me. <laughs> if there are more W's, I'm just me. <laughs> nothing normal. I'm not happy per se. I'm just normal John. But I'm not Indeed. You know, Indeed. Two, two losses into this thing. He, Changer didn't seem to me that it was bothering him until today it seemed that a little bit that it started to bother him that he'd had, he came out of the weekend without his first win. But what's your impression? What's your impression of, of the whole situation? I'm pretty much trying to, you know, again, I don't want to be a stick in the mud. Um, it, I don't particularly like it. I don't care. I think it, it doesn't bother me that he's doing it. It does annoy me that the broadcast media is eating it up. Like, Big boss, big boss, big boss. I, it makes me kind. Of, it, when he says it, I'm used to it because we're used to Shinjo being the prince and the spaceman. You know, it's normal <laughs> for him. It's his natural habitat. <laughs> but for the announcers to relish and lap it up and say, "Big boss, wow!" You know that kind of creepy, <laughs> smarmy. <laughs> that that kind of great I find that grating, but I you know I love the I love that he's enthusiastic. Um, everything else I don't really care. You know he he the, the everybody gets it. The players seem to get a kick out of him. They did on an opening day. I know they had a camera on Yuki and Nagito when they were introducing Shinjo with his electrified uniform on opening night. Right, and he was just cracking up, and and they had. Uh, Hiroshi Fujimoto, the uh, new Hawks skipper, come out like on a on a, uh, a, a, a festival shrine. float. Portable shrine. Yeah, a portable shrine. Very good. Um, Omikoshi portable float. Well, where he was the shrine rather than the, the the shrine, you know, with drums going on, and it was it was pretty wild. I was I love that kind of sense of humor, that kind of play. That's fine. Sure. But everything else, no, nah, it's just. It's just show, and it's just um, you know, it's it's glitter. It's sure. glitter in the figure skating. It doesn't make anything better. So yeah, and we talked about it, and and you seemed that early on that it was the distraction that's not going to focus on the players and and take some of the focus and the pressure off them. And I agree. And look, we always in the media we say, "Gosh, this this player doesn't say anything. He doesn't give us any good comments." And then. Uh, when a player gives us their true comments and their true feelings and, and spills the beans, so to speak, we rip them for it. So I, I understand the, the situation that, you know, you can't ask for somebody to show you their personality and then say, no, that's too much. You know, you can't, you can't control everything. 
So I'm not saying that he shouldn't do anything and that it shouldn't be fun and that people shouldn't enjoy. I just think it's slapstick silly to the point where I'm not even sure that he's the manager. I just think that he's out there to help NPB lift its its image and be a, a, a puppet for fan service. And that's what I'm concerned about. And to be honest, if I were on the team and, and if I look, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. If, if when they have meetings, if he's even part of it or how much of it he runs, we do not know. But if I were on the team and I could see that he wasn't running team meetings and he was just out there uh, being this slapstick kind of figure and out there trying to be an entertainer, I, I think I'd want to leave. <laughs> I seriously would want to leave because I would want to be in a serious situation because, again, when it comes to W's and L's, I don't like L's. <laughs> I don't wear them. I don't want to be with them. I don't want to see them. I want to dish them out and that's it. And so um, that's how I feel about it. But I don't know. I can't, I, I'm not saying that that's how I feel because we're not behind closed doors. I don't know what's going on. I hope that he is running the show and that he does uh, get involved in the meetings and tell, talk about strategy and talk about how to beat guys. And like I said, when he talked to Kotaro Kiyomiya, uh, what was it late last season or right when he, became the manager and it was in fall camp yeah yeah and and and, and Kiyomiya said well you know i don't want to lose weight because i don't want to lose my power and he said you know because uh, i don't want i want to be able to drive the ball and and the comment shinjo made to him was son you're not driving the ball now yeah perfect <laughs> that it was beautiful and i hope that that's the kind of messaging and that's the kind of advice and that's the kind of way he approaches uh, helping these players out and we're seeing some growth from some of the young players so mm. so well, without oh go ahead i had a you know when you mentioned that there's something that that eluded me because somebody said that somebody said there's something about shinja that reminds him reminds them of katsuya nomura hmm. and you would think what well what it is is i think or maybe maybe it was somebody told me, and I have to go on this. Somebody out of baseball said, "I heard that he was largely influenced by Nomura," and I find that hard to believe. Except, it made me think back to when uh, Katsuya Nomura became the manager of the Hanshin Tigers, and Shinjo was the was the star boy. <laughs> Stop. He was the team talent. He was the team celebrity, and nobody was going to tell him nothing. He'd already uh, pretty much run one manager out of town and nobody was going to tell him what to do or how to prepare or anything. And Nomura basically said, I have no use for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got no use for you unless maybe you want to take up pitching because I know you got a good arm. So Shinjo practiced. So Shinja started going to the bullpen, not because he expected to be a pitcher. He did that because he thought it was funny, I think, and mm -hmm. show off his arm, which he does have a great arm. He always has a great arm. But what happened was he then came out and he got his act together. And he became pretty much the best. He had uh, pretty much the peak of his ability in that first season under Nomura. And I think then he went to the States. But uh, but the whole point was he treated, he basically said, 
you've got a problem, fix it. And Shinjo's attitude toward the players is, your playing is your problem. You fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and like Nomura, he really does. I, I don't know if he really cares what anybody thinks. One, one I don't know if he, he, he's craving for attention because he does care what people think or he's, he's doing all these antics because he doesn't care. I don't know. But Nomura also had his, you know, his share of, he was the, antithetical baseball guy and that he was the Japanese guy who basically ripped every everyone and everybody. So, you know, he, they, they were both different. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, being picking up something from a, a figure like Nomura is, is something I can, I can get on board with and sure. Uh, that's a good, that's a good story too, but I just <laughs> want to see some results. And he, you know, we have three new managers in MPB. He came out of the weekend, the only one who didn't pick up his first victory. Uh, looked like he was going to get that first one, uh, or he was close to it uh, in the first game, but uh, we had a, a grand slam late in the game by Freddie Galvis, so that turned that game around. And Well, they've already able- hit more than, I think, uh, 2% of their season totals of home runs, or five, 5% of their season totals of home runs last year. The Fighters. Yeah, in the first two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've gotten some production here, but they haven't gotten they haven't gotten the big the big cookie here. So, and look, uh, you know, he came on after that first loss in the opener, and he said he said about Gavis that was a really good piece of hitting, um, and he didn't seem upset. And you know, he's like, well, you know, you win some, you lose some kind of attitude. But he's the kind of guy who's over exuberant about the positive plays and just calm about the the negative plays and uh that's the way he is i mean i'm not saying it's good or bad that's just well, the way good he is. you know g- good luck to him <laughs> that, that's all i have to say but yeah oh and uh, by the way it was a uh one one person one person picked the fighters you know on that uh pro yaku news survey oh you you found it yeah where yep. was it who was it well actually oh, they picked I, the maybe fighters this to was win? a different one this was cal the, excuse me i found this survey it was not. It was not Proyaku News, but one one uh, Kensuke Tanaka, <laughs> former former fighter, picked. Uh, he was the lone guy who picked the fighters, and that seventy six percent picked the fighters to finish last. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, th- this had to be more than seventy six percent because it was like twenty out of. Well, 22. we had nineteen in this one. We had nineteen percent for the Lions, three percent for the Marines, and three percent for the Eagles. So, hmm. all right. Well, um, let's go on to the Lions then and talk about the Lions Buffalo series. And looked like it was going to be a nice start for the Buffaloes. Yoshinobu Yamamoto in the opener was just lights out and uh, just knocked knocked the <laughs> Lions off of their feet, and um, that was good. And then in game two, the Lions came back and took the wax off Mr. Miyagi uh, Hiroya Miyagi in game two. Uh, four runs on six hits and two walks over five innings. So not a good start for him in, in, in year two, but uh, you know, those days happen. He had been six, six and zero oh against uh, the lions in six career starts. So that was the first loss against him. He was a rookie last year and uh, rookie or lions rookie. Chihiro Sumida was awesome in his debut and, and he looks really good. I think we talked about him on the prediction special as well. And, 
that that part is good. And I want to see what happens with the backside of this uh, this rotation for the Lions after mm. after this first uh, weekend. But uh, then the Buffaloes had one of those games today, blowing a six run lead, and they ended up losing seven six. So they have, I think, some pen issues that we talked about last year. They they're lingering into this season, and they're going to have to manage that and figure that out. But what was your impression from this series? Well, they got a good start. The Lions got a good start from uh, Kona Takahashi in game one, but you know, it's it's tough going against Yoshinobu Yamamoto when they even score one run. Yeah, don't you feel uh, like a sacrificial pig when you go out there for <laughs> No, not not really. I mean, you know, somebody's gotta do it. Well, that's what I mean. Can you send somebody else? Why don't you send the rookie? Like he wants to start on opening day. Send him out here. He's gonna be nervous anyway. It's opening day, it's gonna be let him lose. <laughs> and uh, the other That's thing my was uh, Otakayama Kawa having a really big series, which yeah. is you know, badly needed. He's really slumped the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, otherwise, let's see. Brian O'Grady had a nice series for the Lions, indeed. And that was that was pretty much it. You know, I was surprised because today I looked and I saw the score was four nothing, and I'm going. Uh, my first thought uh, when I saw the scores for nothing was how involved was Masataka Yoshida in those four runs? And the answer was zero. He mm. made out. He was the only, like the only one who made outs. And I'm going, well, that's a good sign, actually, because he's not carrying the offense. But it, it stopped after Ravello Rangelo's uh, two-run homer. Mm-hmm. And then the Cebu's bullpen got, got tough. And Oryx's bullpen said... Fly us to the moon. We're giving away free rides, baby. <laughs> and like I said, we talked about that last season, and they were able to cover that um, hole and get to the Japan Series. And they played well in the Japan Series. I just, I, you know, I went with the Swallows because I was looking at the way that the Swallows were playing. It was nothing per se with the Buffaloes, but uh, I think that's a problem that has persisted. They're gonna, like I said, they're gonna have to deal with it. It's not. Uh, it's not going to get better all of a sudden. So, <laughs> uh, but I did like Soichiro Yamasaki, and he looked good as the starter for the Buffaloes. And I thought with a six-run lead, he was going to win this game. So <laughs> he had six-run lead early on. Well, he's got you know we saw last year he has some, you know he's one of the, I, I swear the Buffaloes. All, they look like a, a deck of cards and you pull one guy out. Wow. He's got this electric stuff. What happens? And it's just inconsistent. Most of the guys aren't inconsistent, but when he's um, he can throw an amazingly good fastball and he does have good breaking pitches and he has games where his control is very good. So uh, Oryx is really hard to, you know, to, to say much about their pitchers because of that. You don't expect him to be consistent. I guess that's the one thing we can predict. And yeah, he was until the sixth inning. Now, I'm not sure if he was just, I mean, he was at 84 pitches. It wasn't like he was out there throwing 100 plus, but he gave up. He ended up giving up uh, four runs total and three charged, well, three runs to him were, or three runs were charged to him in that sixth inning. And that kind of changed the uh, complexion of the game and lines got close and, and, <laughs> Buffalo's offense was turned off, but I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't put a lot of stock into the opening weekend. I just try to watch and see if I'm going to see something that's going to continue. And I, I, again, part of Yamakawa's problems were injury related. 
And as long as he stays Mm. healthy, I think um, he's going to be productive. He he had some issues. Yeah, true enough. Last year, he started out really well, and then he rolled his ankle in like the second week. Of course, the half the half the Lions' offense was in the you know I think they've been training with the Swallows in the off season because half the Lions' offense was in the emergency ward before April. <laughs> well, uh, again, it, you know, health is a big deal for them, but they have they have some depth too. So, I might have to take back my uh, <laughs> prediction on them finishing. Uh, last, I think, <laughs> Adam, but I want to see what that, that that rotation does. That second half of the rotation is the big deal for me. Uh, let's move to the Central League, seamless transition, and talk about the Swallows and Tigers first, so the defending Central League champions. And I think the Swallows came out of this series humming, we are the champions, because they played like it. <laughs> they played like it. Uh, the opening game, they rallied from an 8-1 deficit and win 10-8. And it wasn't just that they rallied. It, it just seemed that they were down and out. They weren't doing much. And they got a guy on and a home run. And, and that, just, that just seemed to turn everything around. They end up, uh, Domingo Santana has a pair of home runs. So he has a home run in the eighth inning, a, a two-run shot, and then a two-run shot in the ninth inning. And that comes off of Kyle Keller in his debut with the Tigers as the closer. And so that didn't go well. But, I mean, one of the pitches, that was a curveball, I think, that would Domingo hit, and it was right down the middle. I remember you and I talking about, yeah, you know, that's not a bad pitch, you said, because it's down low. And I said, look, anything in the middle just is easy to hit. I don't, I don't really worry about how low it is. If you don't bounce it, it's just easy. The muscle memory of these guys is just too good. And it was down low, but it was over the middle, and and he just hammered it. And uh, <laughs> that 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 wasn't a very positive. It was a rocky start, but it's just a start. Uh, it's just one series, and we've well, seen guys. Yeah, we've there, seen there guys. Were lots, not there do were lots well. of issues <laughs> for the Tigers in that game. I think the the biggest issue was their base stealers. Who you know the the Tigers last year were the first Central League team to lead. NPB and stolen bases, I think since uh, 2008. Mm. And they didn't, you know, if you recall, Takumu Nakano basically never got thrown out stealing. Right. Yeah. And they lost. They had five hit. Their first six batters had five hits. (laughs) (laughs) And they got nothing. I think they got yeah. one run out of out of uh, five hits from six batters because the first two guys who got on base were thrown out stealing. <laughs> okay, so they you know they coughed they basically stuck themselves in the foot to start the game and then they they took batting practice against Yasuhiro Ogawa who basically followed the Swallows pitching plan which is you don't walk anybody and you throw strikes and you get ahead in the count except the pitches he was throwing in the zone weren't that good. Mm. And they were just tan off on them. And then the bullpen came in and said, okay, let's stop that. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's, was that. That's not good. Yeah. That's not helping us. So but the, the Tigers got a good start from, from Shintaro Fujinami. No, no discredit to him. A quality start for him. Yep. Yep. And the thing about the Tigers was that their entire uh, starting rotation is out of action. Hmm. 
Um, these guys, uh, Shintaro Fujinami was obviously not their first choice to start on opening day, nor was Ipe Ogawa their first choice, first choice to start during the first week, nor was today's rookie Takuma uh, Kiri, excuse me, Kirishiki, Kirishiki uh, first, uh, first choice to start during the opening week, but they are patching things together and the guys are, they're doing a good job. So I, I have to think this is not really a bad series for the Tigers, despite the result is, you know, their, their second line of starting pitchers can give them some good efforts. So that'd be okay. But they got swept. They got swept they in the get, series. They did, get, they did get swept, but yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season. It, it's a, I mean, the Marines started out, I think they lost the first six games last year and before they, you know, got it together and, and found their footing. So, uh, and they, they had a chance to win the Pacific League title last year. So it's just a start. Um, but I'm just thinking they, the Tigers just can't wait to get back and play at Koshien and, and as soon as possible because, you know, that's not really their home uh, stadium at, at uh Kyosara Domo Osaka is not their not their home home. Uh Koshien is. So uh we've got the high school tournament going on right now, so they can't play at home. So we will uh <laughs> save evaluation for the Tigers. I still, you know, a lot of a lot of us picked them, <laughs> including myself, to uh win the Central Leagues. But I think well, it's just a start. It's just a start. Yeah, the Swallows, the you know, after the first game, they they got two really good starts uh from from Keiji Takahashi and Hirotoshi Takanashi and the bullpen was pretty was was good enough. And the offense, Domingo Santana has got, I've got one in my he's he's got a new song. A walk-up his, song? No, it's a it's a his his version of the Ray Charles classic. It's called Hit the Road Jacks. <laughs> I like it. I like that. Good. Good one. <laughs> Yeah, they they look, but they look good. And remember, I said I said I made a comment last year when they started to change. They transformed in the middle of the season. I said, look, they're playing like a first place team. And right now, this, coming out of this series, like I said, they're humming. We are the champions because they looked like a defending champion. They looked good. So um, good start for them and a bad start for the Tigers. But the Tigers, I believe are going up against the carp in the second series that starts on Tuesday. So uh, maybe they can write their ship there. Um, they're going to be playing at Matsuda stadium in Hiroshima. So maybe they can get, get it, get it going there. Um, the dragons and the giants at Tokyo dome, uh, they played. What was your impression coming out of this series? I didn't see too much. I saw that the Dion Vizieto was on base a lot. <laughs> I saw that the, uh, dragons uh, some of the dragons starting pitching was pretty good uh, especially Katsuno the second game um, yeah I guess my main impressions was that the dragons do struggle to score runs a little bit you know they they don't have the big power they they got some big hits they uh, the giants probably was the big you know the big, the biggest thing for me was that Yoshiro Maro came out was hitting well. Shown Nakata has been hitting well, which I guess is the really surprise because I've kind of written him off. Kazuma yeah. Okamoto's uh, been hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, nothing, you know. As we said, we already talked about the the shallow outfield 
And I think that that was the one that cost the Dragons in the second game when the game was tied and they gave up the uh, go ahead. No, it was it was opening night, wasn't it? It was, and that Saturday. was yesterday. Yeah, it was Saturday. So it was a Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. The it was a five-five game in the eighth inning when uh, manager Kazuyoshi Tatsunami Tatsunami decided to bring his outfield in with two outs and the runner the. Uh, go-ahead runner on second, and it became a 7-5 game before you could say Jack Robinson. <laughs> the other thing was the rookie closer for the Giants, uh, Taishi, uh, excuse me, Taisei Ota, mm-hmm. who goes by his first name. And he was he looked uh, nervous the first game, loaded the bases, but got out of it, got his save, and then the second game he was pretty much lights out. And that was the first time a Giants uh, rookie had saved two games to open the season. Ever in franchise history. Yeah. Well, which is comes as no surprise. Giants don't typically let rookies uh, go near the baseball. So, yeah, <laughs> get out of the way, son. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm thinking the same thing about Ota. I was thinking, well, it's a good thing he's starting out against the Dragons because there's really no one to fear in that in that lineup. Even with Diane Vicedo, if you pitch him right, I, I don't think guys go out, out there thinking, well, you know, I don't want to face this guy. I think they know they have a pitching plan and they, they're confident that the pitching plan is going to uh, do well or get the job done if they can execute. But I thought Polanco, Gregory Polanco, had a really good start to his season with the three hits in his debut game. You know, I don't really remember an import player for the Giants looking that good in the first game since I got here. Uh, so that was good. And hmm. uh, Ota, yeah, like you said, the first uh, Giants rookie in, in club history, they, he to, to even get a save on opening day, he was the first. So to save two in a row, but they didn't bring him out for that third day in a row. And that might've cost them because that's the game that Tatsunami is going to have the uh, game ball from hmm. Because he won that game, he was able to manage his team back uh, late in the game. Makes I don't know about making moves, but he certainly <laughs> he certainly is not afraid to challenge close plays. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's told him he only has two challenges, but he he'll use them up in the first inning, and if he thinks it'll get him an advantage, so um, so that's interesting. But uh, he got some guys to come through, sent up different players and, and pinch hitters and. They came through and and they came back and rallied for a seven five. Was that seven five today as well? Right. Yep. Seven five victory over the Giants, and that's his first managerial win. But I, I came away thinking, okay, uh, when the Dragons lost the middle game because they were leading, and they, I believe they had a five two lead, and watched it all disappear when Show Iwasaki had some discomfort in his elbow in the eighth inning and had to leave the game and. The pitchers, the subsequent pitchers came in, and I know they have as much time as they want to get ready, so there really was no rush for them to try to uh, get to outs or, or say, you know, okay, I'm ready when they weren't ready, but nobody had any pitch movement. All the pitches that were hit should have been hit. Uh, Sho Nakata hit a double that the, the, the pitches before that were good. That one was not, and... Uh, it just got worse. And Tatsunami kept bringing different pitches and they all kept throwing bad pitches. So I'm like, well, you know, you can't do anything when that kind of thing is happening and you're just going to lose the game. But Sunday was a great comeback for them because 
I thought you, Yanagi, their starting pitcher, was off his game, and he gave up five runs, and he really didn't look good early on. I think it was a four-run inning in the first inning, and just looked like he was not even going to get out of that inning, and he ends up going seven innings and uh, gave up another run along the way. But to hold the Giants after that was was pretty good uh, on his part. And then the Dragons got some runs. It was just weird. Like I said last year, whenever they would score more than one runs, particularly in one inning, was like it was like Christmas. Mm. <laughs> so they had Christmas in the eighth inning and they had Christmas in the ninth inning today. And it, and it ends in a, in a victory for Tatsunami. But I think what I came away, my impression from this series was, as the siren blares in the background, was that the pitching is not going to be as good as it was last year. So that's, and maybe part of that is the bullpen. And and I wasn't expecting that much out of Iwasaki anyway, but for him to have to leave with an injury, and we, I didn't really see what was wrong with him, but he says elbow, that's not going to be good. And he has had his injury issues uh, in recent years. So uh, they're going to have to activate on Sunday. Yeah. They're going to have to fix that, that, you know, get some better performances or get some better performers, but the bullpen was uh, horrible on Saturday uh, and they somehow got it to their closer on Sunday. And that was, that was the best thing they could have done uh, in terms of trying to win a game. So uh, it wasn't a bad rookie start for the new manager. So yeah, I can't, that one instant where he was jumping out of the dugout in fact i think he wanted to he wanted to review another play which i think he was going to lose it was uh his rookie kosuke ukai had hit a ball deep to i think it was right center field and he was he wanted to challenge that it was maybe a home run and i'm like dude that ball came back nobody touched it it didn't hit anything why, why would you want to review that it was a double uh he was thinking uh, tatsunami was thinking it might have been a home run so he, he's going to be quick on the challenge button. I think they've got to get him one, but they, he was out apparently too late. The umpires decided or ruled that he was too late in making his decision to challenge, and they de- they denied the challenge. <laughs> so he would have all, and I think he's missed on all of them anyway. So he would he he, he, he didn't have to miss out on that one. <laughs> well, the other thing, and uh, before I forget, before I forget, was the I guess the the debut of Giants rookie Yuji Akahoshi. Right. Their third third round draft choice last year. He was really good. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah good. Lots of good things. This is actually three games in which uh, Tatsunori Hara has used a starting pitcher. So that's, we're going speaking of the before time. <laughs> it's been a long time since they've done yeah, that. He, he, he must have bullpened about a fourth of the Giants games last year. Yeah. Well, they they their pitching looked a little bit better than I expected, but of course, those are rookies. That's the first time around. We have to see what they do the next two, three times when they face the same teams. But uh it's a very promising uh, start for the Giants. And I, I think we all mostly, I don't think uh, you were one of the oh no, where did you have them? Fourth, fourth. Okay, yeah. I don't think you were the one, one of the people who had him in the top half. Uh, I think it was the only one didn't have him in the top half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, and I believe it that they're gonna have, they're gonna find a way to compete, whether they have the names or the players or the roster or whatever. They're just gonna find a way to compete. So, and the rookies look good. The rookie pitchers mm-hmm. look pretty good. All right, and the last series, uh, the Carp and the Bay Stars. Now, I have to admit, I didn't see much of this series. 
this the carp actually swept this series the bay stars <sighs> poor michael west bay i didn't get a message from him so i guess he's okay mentally <laughs> i have to assume but this had to be this had to be tough to watch and you know we talked about this kid with the carp shota suikane whom uh again in the prediction special was mentioned but he was the first Carp Ricky in 64 years to have a three-hit game on, in his opening day debut. And so he did well. The Carp just scored a bunch of runs. They scored uh, double figures, uh, double digits in runs for the first two games. And that hadn't been done in, in decades or something. Hadn't like been that. done in the Central League at all. Okay. <laughs> so to which, to which manager Dice Game Mura said, I think, I think we gave up. Uh, we they hit they got too many hits off of us. A yeah, few too we, many hits off us. They hit yeah they get too many hits off us. And I, like I said, I I think it's getting to him already. I, I, that seething feeling that you know that I hate losing feeling. I know it, and I, I saw it already after after you know two games, and then I didn't see the interview with him today. I have to assume it was more of the same because they were really close and. Um, we talked about uh, who's going to be the closer, and uh, we saw Yasuaki Yamasaki not get the job done. He tried to get the, the three outs in the ninth inning, couldn't get them, allowed three runs, only got two outs, had to leave the game. I mean, it's just worse than you could ever imagine <laughs> for him. Yeah, it was Doesn't like good. it was like the you know, it was like the base stars were hit in the head with a board. And, you know, in game one, and then they got smacked. They got smacked in the back of the head with a club. And then the third game, they're going like, you know, it's the eighth inning. Oh, we're leading. And all of a sudden, you know, because you concussed, they're seeing stars. And here comes Yamasaki again. And they're they're having flashbacks. They weren't Bay, bay stars. They were concussion stars. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was some poor guys. So, uh, and the pitching options, I don't think really get better as they go through down there, the base stars that go down their uh, rotation. The good news is they get to play the Dragons, so that there's not a lot of offensive uh, pop. And I did want to mention that Yuki Okabayashi of the Dragons uh, had a really good series for them and, and looks like a, a keeper in terms of, um, you know, he had torn up the ma- the minor leagues, I think the past two seasons, actually, but in particular last season, and he uh, got his couple chances, but didn't really hit that well mm-hmm. on the top team last year. But he he looks good. He looks he has looked good all spring and looked better. So uh, when the Bay Stars go to Nagoya Bantling Dome and play the Dragons, I think that the pitchers might look a little bit better because they're not going to play a team that has a fierce lineup. And the and the base stars can score. I think they can still score runs, even though the two foreign players are not there yet. But once Neftali Soto and Tyler Austin get back and they're in the lineup and they're producing, it's going to make that team look a lot different. But still, they were scoring runs off the carp and they just couldn't win. So um, just got to wait. It's just going to take a little bit of time, I think, for the for the base stars to rev that engine up. We shall see, but I, yeah, I'm glad the, the Dragons won one because uh, 
I picked them. I, I picked them last, so I'm glad they're 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 defying my prediction so far in a, in a micro sample. Yeah, yeah, defying. Yep. I don't know about that. Defying. It might be waving a finger at it, but <laughs> I don't know about defiance. No, it's a small finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not the not the middle one. <laughs> All right, one note. I I want to keep an eye on these three. I'm going to call them the three amigos. These three catchers. I uh, who are not all young, not all first year guys, but are uh, getting opportunities. And one is Yudai Koga of the Swallows. He's a sixth year player, but has only really appeared in 101 games before this season. I think, no, uh, just just under 100 games before this season and uh, now just over 100 games. And really, really good at throwing out runners. And he, he produced at the plate too in that series with the Tigers. And I'm going to keep my eye on him. Uh, then we talked about Cole Matsukawa of the of the Lotte Marines already. So right out of high school, everyone talks about his poise and how he carries himself. But he's also, you know, you don't notice him. And if you don't notice a catcher uh, that young, then that's pretty good. And yeah, it's then, pretty it's pretty remarkable for a rookie catcher in Japan. Uh, usually, they rarely get playing time at all because catcher is the position because Japan is a one run, you know, they, they try to play. So there's zero mistakes. So you can win one, nothing mm -hmm. sort of the ultimate, um, you know, the game that gets all the, all of the old guys uh, sweating and palpitating. <laughs> and nervous time. It's nervous. So time. it's basically good defense at catcher short second and center. Mm -hmm. and uh, one-run strategies from top to bottom. And so when you've got a catcher who's not, you know, who's catching the ball and who plays and whom the pitchers are confident throwing to, and he's a rookie, and the coaches are confident letting, you know, putting his name on the in the lineup, that's pretty darn rare. Yeah, yeah, so I like it. I like it. And then the third one is Yuma Yasuda, first-year player with the Eagles, and he's out of college, so he's a little bit older. Um, and, uh, but again, a guy, you didn't really notice that much doing anything negative on the defensive side. And then he had some pop and, uh, had some hits for them, or at least one hit. He had his day. first hit today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He got his first uh, pro hit today. So I'll be watching those guys and I, I would recommend that you guys watch them as well. All right, let's go to fielding questions. All right, uh, we have a, a number of questions, but I think we're gonna and we and I know I said in the interview that we had one about uniforms, but we'll hold that one and we'll go to Anthony Pang who pinged us on the Facebook page and he said, "Let the pitchers hit. Yes, we know they will bunt more often than not, but the joy you get when a pitcher actually gets a hit is just priceless. Don't take that away from me." And so to that, Anthony, I say. The answer came with all the Central League pitchers just going nuts <laughs> this weekend, particularly I think it was Friday and Saturday. Saturday, the Saturday. Yeah. Well, Friday too, though the opener. Uh, oh, yeah, no, well, Sarah had an RBI day. single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there were hits all over the place, but man, oh man, uh, I you know we got this question in the off season about the fact that the the major leagues was going to go to DH system and. I said, mm, probably it'll take a longer time for Japan to make that adjustment. I don't know. <laughs> After seeing this weekend, I hope they don't make the adjustment, but I think it's coming uh, sooner than probably later now. 
Well, I grew up in a, I grew up uh, completely separate from the AL, so I'm not. I'm really have never never dealt with a DH mm-hmm. growing up in my formative years, and it seems alien to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, we just had a really outlier weekend. The pitchers usually don't hit that well, but it was fun to watch him. Uh, Katsuno's home run against the Giants was awesome uh, for giant. I think for Dragons fans to watch. Uh, even though that lead didn't last very long, because uh, <laughs> he gave him the hit a two run home run to, to give him a lead, and then Morista having three hits, also pitching well against the, the base stars, that was pretty fun. And I, 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 like I said, the strategy for me is the thing. I, I don't know if they're going to get a hit. Like Anthony said, they're probably going to bunt more often than not. Uh, a lot of times they're just going to swing away. But if you, you if you watch games like I do, a lot of times you'll tape the game. And you'll come home and you'll be watching on the on the HDR as the game is playing and you want to catch up. You can fast forward when the pitcher comes up because he's probably not going to get a hit and you can speed up and catch up to the game faster. So there's an advantage. <laughs> I had that had never occurred to me. Save the fast forwarding. Yeah, fast forward is not only for commercials. <laughs> so we've got a couple more questions but we will address them probably next time uh we'll try not to talk as much but uh really fun opening weekend i loved it uh my head was exploding with all the great action that we had except today i had so much to do at work i didn't really get to concentrate on any one game in particular even though i had three of them all when i was supposed to be watching sumo but don't tell anybody nobody at work listens to the show so we're good But anyone else who has a question, hit us up on Twitter at JBW Podcast with the hashtag High Heat. Send questions via email to yakyujohn at gmail.com. You can also hit us up like Anthony did on the Facebook page. Leave us a comment there. Look for us on Google Play, iTunes, and a couple other places where you get your podcasts. Jim, what's coming up on jballallen.com? Oh, got it right. Great. Uh, lots of good things. We have having a uh, opening uh, opening day sale, or opening month sale. So uh, two free months for any new subscribers, but just the regular, the usual stuff, the uh, new weekly newsletter and paid content and all the fun stuff. All right. Well, we're looking forward to seeing the second or the back half of these rotations and how they go so uh, that's what we'll be talking about probably mostly next week so we will talk to you then enjoy your baseball see you at the ballparks follow the hosts on twitter at jbw podcast and at jball allen and feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag high heat thank you for listening to japan baseball weekly